Happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there. Um, yeah, so as you can see, I've decided to label, uh, to name this message Pure in Heart, Warriors for God. And, you know, we are in, in a war, really. Um, so we're, li we're living in a time when light is bright and dark is dark and the light is becoming brighter and the dark is becoming darker. And Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. That, you know, the, his word says he's coming back for his bride. It says it in a number of places. Um, another name for his bride is the body of Christ, of which we are part, the church. And the word says in Ephesians 5.27, he might present it to himself. So in other words, he's, he's going to have a glorious bride or a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle of, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That sounds good, eh? Because you wouldn't really want a bride that wasn't, that had spots or wrinkles or, you know, just was, wore a really dirty white dress or, you know, something like that. That wouldn't be very pleasant, would it? <laughs> but if we're going to be a, the glorious church, the bride of Christ, then we need to be sanctified and cleansed, right? So that we don't have any spots or wrinkles. And Romans 8, verses 18 to 19, which I will just open up to, eight, verses 18 to 19, and also verse 21 I thought was good too. Um, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with, with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay, it's talking about us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So creation is waiting for that to be revealed. And verse 21 says, Creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So living, a, living a, a, a life that's glorious means there's something we need to do. And it's all about freedom. It's all about being pure, like my message title is. So I want to read a couple of scriptures to you from Psalm. Yeah, from Psalm. And I don't, there are possibly a few of you that were around back in the 1990s, a, a, a small number of us. <laughs> but there was a church over in Sydney, which is still there, Christian City Church, they called themselves back in the time, and they had an album called the War Album. I think it was around 1990 or early 1990s. Does anyone remember that? Is there a few people? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a revolutionary video, um, album that they released and I looked it up recently and do you know what? What they were singing in their songs it was about war, it was about our authority, it was about walking by faith. Um, but one, one of the songs that they sang was based on these scriptures. Psalm 124 verses 7 to 8. 
Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. I don't know if anyone remembers a, a, a song that was like that. It says, the snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And that snare is sin. It's anything impure in our lives. We've been redeemed from it, though. We've been redeemed from it. He's made a way of escape if we choose to take that way. And the other scripture is Psalm 144, verse 1. It says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And he is doing that for us now. He, he, I feel that we are entering into this new time where the glory of the Lord will be revealed in us. But we have to do some preparation. And that scripture says that. It says, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war. So he is training us. He, he, he gets our fingers ready for battle. So we do need to be battle ready. We do need to be trained for war. We need to be prepared. And so there's a, a bunch of things that we need to make sure we're confident in. And this is not necessarily an entire list. But first of all, exercising our faith. We need to know how to do that. And the onus is on us as individuals to make sure we know. It's on, it's on Pastor Peter and I as well as pastors to make sure you're trained. But ultimately, it's up to you as to whether or not you actually do that. So we walk by faith, not by the circumstances. Do you agree so far? So um, that's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Also, we need to be really confident to make sure that we're prepared for war. We need to make sure we're really confident in our identity in God. So that's knowing who we are. First of all, we're children of God. Our identity in God is that we are made in his image. We're made in his image, it says in Genesis. We're children of God. We're heirs of God. That means we inherit things. We're also joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So Romans 8, 16 to 17. So we need to be confident about who we are in God. To be prepared, for, to be trained for war and prepared for battle, we need to be confident as well in our authority. You know, God has given us power over all the power of the enemy. We need to be confident in that and know how to exercise that authority. We need to be confident in it. And Jesus said, and I'm just going to turn there, Matthew 28. Uh, this is what they call the Great Commission, but Jesus, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. In other words, he's delegated that authority to us as well. And it says elsewhere in the New Testament that we've been made joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So he, what does he say here? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. And then he says, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we need to make sure that we understand and exercise our authority. And also we need to 
effectively know how to use our weapons of warfare as well. You know, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, the Bible says, or not physical. That just means that. It just means they're not physical weapons, but they're spiritual ones. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 talks about that, and also Ephesians 6, 11 to 18 is talking about the armour of God, talking about how uh, we have the sword of the Spirit, and that's the Word of God. And that, So a sword is an offensive weapon. And so uh, the word of God that we can pray out, that we can speak out, that we can declare, that's an offensive weapon that we can use against the enemy. And to declare things into our lives and into the lives of our nation even as well. So the word of God in Hebrews 4.12 is living and powerful. So it's actually living. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And John chapter 1 says Jesus is the word. Jesus is truth as well. Jesus is the truth. There is no other truth aside from Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. So we can, we can, speak, um, we can speak that word. The words in here we can speak out of our mouth. So to be prepared, we need to do all those things. We need to make sure that we're able to operate. But also, God also, for that glory to be revealed in us, for the, glory, for the glorious church that Jesus is coming back for, we also need to make sure we're right with God, living pure and holy lives. And I want to talk about that for a little bit because Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. And that's implying being in his presence all the time. They shall see God. You know, to be pure means to be free of any contamination, wholesome and untainted. So as Christians, Jesus has redeemed us from contamination by sin. That's the only way we can be contaminated, is by sin. It's, the, it's sin, that, or things that we do wrong, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with that word. It's things that we do, or things that we say, or things that we think, even, that aren't pure. Because sin taints us. And it can be physical acts, like murder. Hopefully nobody's ever done that. Violence, fornication even, stealing. That's just a few things. It can include words we say, and that, uh, that can be words that come out when we're having an outburst of anger. Telling lies, gossiping, all of those are sin. Backstabbing is sin. Even swearing. And also impure thoughts okay so it can be physical things we do it can be words that we allow to come out of our mouth and it also can be impure thoughts such as jealousy or lust or coveting what someone has selfish ambition greed bitterness hatred that's just some of the things you know idolatry is is another big thing that's an issue um, with a lot of people in this world. Idolatry is not necessarily 
bowing down to a, a physical idol like is what is what we typically think of it, but it's anything that is more important to us than God, and that's idolatry. And as redeemed children of God, Jesus has called us to live pure lives, and to be pure is to be holy. And, and God says that in a number of places in the Bible. He says, be holy for I am holy. So I want to look at a couple of those scriptures. 1 Peter 1.16, I'll go to the New Testament. There is, it says it also in the Old Testament, but um, 1 Peter 1.16 says, it is written, be holy for I am holy. So in verse 15 it says, as he who called you is holy, in other words, God called you, you also be holy in all your conduct. And then also in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. Which I will be with in a moment. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. So uncleanness is another word for being, not being pure. Um, so holy, being holy means being dedicated or consecrated to God. And, uh, and we can choose that. You know, we've been sanctified. We've been redeemed. And, and Jesus did that. Jesus did that for us. You know, sanctification is a word that we don't typically use these days. But it's the act of making or declaring something holy. And 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. You know, we've been sanctified by what Jesus did. His sacrifice was made for our sin, our uncleanness, our impurity. He was a perfect, a holy, and an untainted sacrifice, 100% free from impurity. And when we accept what he did for us, we become sanctified. I reckon that's pretty cool because we haven't actually had to have done anything except, what, except, what, except to accept what Jesus did for us. <laughs> You know, 2 Timothy 2, verses 19 to 21 says, actually, I'll just go there. 2 Timothy 2, yep. Okay, verse 20, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honour and some for dishonour. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter... He will be a vessel for honour, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. And the, the vessel is you. You are the vessel. And if we, the word says, if we cleanse ourselves from it, then we will be a vessel for honour. And so it's something that we choose to do. You know, the, the, the New Testament uh, is about grace. It's not a list of 
things that you have to do or, or make sure you don't do in order to be a good Christian. Um, it's about grace. And what Jesus did for us was amazing grace, actually, because he died for us being completely pure and we didn't have to do anything except to accept him as our Lord and Saviour. But then it comes up to us to, to continue to walk in that, you know. Uh, God, when we love our God and we want to please him, avoiding sin is going to be always the route that we'd prefer to go. You know, avoiding sin is, is going to be the way that we'd prefer. And it's not to say we won't make mistakes, because we do. But as long as we keep a short account with God, as long as we say, God, forgive me, I've made a mistake, he forgives us of our sin. And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness as well, which is unrighteousness is, is how we're kind of left when we're, we're not right with God, when we've, we've got um, sin in our life. You know, God, when, you know, sin, if, if God will correct us when we sin. And I want to read a scripture to you out of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. It's really interesting. Chapter 12, verse 1 actually says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, Actually, there's another word about being in the snare of sin, just like was mentioned earlier in Psalm. It is a snare because it actually keeps you trapped. It doesn't give freedom at all. And so sin is something that we need to lay aside. Every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. And then further on, it talks very soon after that about how do not despise the chastening or the correction of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects or chastens. So if you endure correction, God deals with you as with sons. So in other words, God loves those whom he corrects. If you didn't love your child, you wouldn't bother correcting them, would you? Because you wouldn't care. Because you'd be like, oh, well, it doesn't bother me if you get in trouble. But a, every good parent, and there are a lot of good parents, there are some not so good, but every good parent wants the best for their, child, their children, don't they? Every good parent does want that. And this is saying that God is, is a loving God, a good parent to us. He says in verse, let's have a look, verse 10, he, cha he chastens us or he corrects us for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. And so the point of my message is that living a pure and holy life actually gives us freedom that we otherwise would never have living a life of sin because a life of sin actually makes you a slave. And the devil is a really hard taskmaster. He does, he'll just drive you into the grave 
If he can't do that, he'll drive you into addiction or any, and any other thing, he'll, he'll destroy your life if he possibly can because that's his ultimate goal. He wants death and destruction for us. But living a life of pure, pureness and holiness is a life that is of, gives us freedom because then the devil can't touch us, you know. Now, verses 14, say, or verses 14 to 15, it says, Pursue peace with all men and holiness. This is interesting. Pursue holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That's really similar to Matthew 5, 8, which says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So if I repeat this one, it says, Pursue peace with all and holiness with which no one will see the Lord. So it's, it's, it's a very similar scripture. Looking diligently, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. So bitterness is sin as well. It's where bitterness happens when something happens to you and or someone does something that you you that isn't fair in your eyes, and you start off by having an unforgiveness toward them. But if you allow that to stay there and not deal with it, and you keep dwelling on it and keep bringing it up, it actually becomes a root of bitterness. And that's, that actually destroys your life. Unforgiveness can destroy your life too, but bitterness is so much worse because it's, it's, it's deep-rooted and, uh, and it's, it's, it's something that we don't want to have. So if you think that's something that you have, then it's a good idea to get that dealt with. You know, God corrects us because he loves us. And he wants the best for his kids. He doesn't correct us to ruin everything. He doesn't correct us to be mean. He doesn't correct us to hurt us. He just knows that if we keep going down that path, it's going to kill us, basically, or destroy our life. And God loves us so much that he knows how many hairs on your head you have. I bet, I bet you don't know how many you have. Because even if you've got a bald head, there's still hair growing. <laughs> because you have to keep shaving it off, right? Yep. God knows how many hairs on your head you have, and I bet you don't know how many your kids have. I certainly don't. So, we need to make sure that we're checking ourselves out, making sure that we're pure in heart, cleansing, being cleansed by the word of God, you know, we, we, it's really important that I can't say enough how important the word is. Make sure you're reading it. Make sure you're meditating on it. Make sure you're speaking it out, praying it. Now, I just want to draw your attention to something that somebody said, and I don't know whether it was just a, because I wasn't there when this person said it, but they used to come to this church, and they've moved away now, but they said, and it turned out to be pretty prophetic, that Centre Church was like a battleship 
not a cruise liner. And I agree. <laughs> when I first heard that, I thought, oh, yes, absolutely. We are definitely not a cruise liner. And I, I mentioned it in the last service, but the, when I was looking at the Google reviews and about Centre Church online, somebody had put a comment in there which said, Centre Church is a great church, but it's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> and I laughed at that because I was thinking, actually, they're so right. <laughs> it isn't for the faint-hearted because you will be um, confronted sometimes and, you know, by God, though. And we do... Yeah, I, I just... I, I really felt like, actually, that's true, but also the, the battleship is true as well. But when I first heard that, I just imagined, and I thought it was great, I, I imagined a battleship uh, like the kind you see in various nations. You know, they'll have battleships and they'll be painted grey or whatever um, just to sort of hide them, hide them a bit more so they're not obvious. But, you know, that's not the kind of battleship we are because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And light... Is, is pure, isn't it? So that battleship is pure light. It's, it's, it's strong, it's, it's pure light. It's, it's so bright, it looks so white, pure. It's undefiled, it's holy. And uh, something Gordon said to me just after the last service, and I agree with that too, is that, you know, when... when an enemy is faced with the light in their eyes, they, they get blinded. That's very true too. So, you know, we, we, despite being pure light, can be hidden from the enemy as well. And the hosts of heaven can do that too. But that light is what I want to really get through to you, is that for us to be on that battleship, we need to make sure we're pure light as well that we're living holy and pure lives. So yeah, so when we make mistakes, we need to make sure that we repent quickly. You know, to live a holy life in his presence with a healthy fear of the Lord, that's, a fear of the Lord isn't being afraid, it's just having a healthy respect for God because he is almighty and all-powerful God. You know, when we're in his presence, we're secure and safe and blessed. So I just want to, wanted to, uh, I really felt that as our preparation for war, one thing that we need to make sure we do is ensure that we are living a pure life. Because if God wants to use our church, which I know it, he does, and the, and the body of Christ around the world, we're just a small part of it, but we play an important part, just like other churches play an important but different part. We need to make sure that we're prepared as well, and so that means self-reflection. That means looking at our, ourselves and making sure that we're dealing with things that need to be dealt with. So I'm just going to stop there, and I want to give an opportunity for people that haven't made a decision for God to actually live, a, to live for him, to accept that redemption that he's offered. He's actually redeemed us from sin. 
And we, it doesn't have to be, be something that controls us anymore. Addictions don't need to control us. You know, Jesus is the only person who's ever lived who never thought or said or did anything impure or unclean. And that's why God sent him to earth as a man to become a sacrifice for our sin. Because it, it, took, it needed the blood of a person who'd never sinned to, to be the sacrifice for all our sin. So there might be people who have never made a decision for Jesus. There also might be people who have made a decision in the past but have been living um, away from him. And I want to give an opportunity for those people to, to, um, to pray a prayer with, with me. You know, Romans 3.23 says that everyone has thought, said, or done things that are impure. None of us are free from that. We're, we've all done it. We've all done it. And Romans 6.23 says that the wages or what you earn from impure and um, uncleanness, thoughts, words, or actions is death. But the gift of God, and it's a gift, is eternal life through Jesus. So what that means is that we automatically, if we, if we do nothing, our default setting is that uh, we earn death from sin. But God sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for mankind's sin so that we could have everlasting life, John 3.16 says. And you know what else? One other thing too, Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. John 14.6 says, Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. He's the only way. So if you want to commit or recommit your life to God, I want you to pray this, and I'll get everyone to pray. So close your eyes, please, everybody. Be awesome. <laughs> Jesus, I acknowledge that I've thought, said, or done things which are wrong. Please forgive me. I believe you died for me and you rose again. I accept your gift of salvation. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and Saviour. Show me how I can live a pure and holy life. Amen. Okay. So if